Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Richmond's Morning News, News Radio WRVA. Gary Hess in for John Reed. It is Thursday, January the 11th, day two of the General Assembly session. What will get done? What will the tone be? And uh, what should we expect uh, for that and more? We welcome to the program now the former governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Bob McDonald. Governor, thank you for being with us. Good morning. Hey, Gary, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, good job while John is goofing off. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. That's very kind. And, yes, John uh, has uh, been away for a while. He's back on Monday. Governor, let's start with this. What was uh, your take on how the governor did yesterday with his State of the Commonwealth speech? Well, I was actually there. I uh, hadn't been back in about uh, 10 years to uh, watch the General Assembly, uh, other than a couple of you know, quick stops, but uh, I, I thought his delivery, as always, was uh, was terrific. I thought he was very succinct in going over an, a wide range of policy topics, and he laid out, you know, a pretty clear vision of things that he wanted to get done uh, during this session. And uh, I think he repeatedly also set, you know, a very positive tone for cooperation between a Democrat-controlled General Assembly. Uh, and a uh, and a Republican uh, administration, and uh, to his credit, I think Speaker Don Scott, uh, you know, said that very different policy issues, but also a tone of uh, cooperation, reala- realizing the obvious that uh, that uh, there is there's going to be complete loggerheads. Not much will get done for the people, and there's got to be a, a reasonable attempt to find middle ground. So uh, I thought the, I thought the governor's uh, initiatives on tax reform, which is a, a huge deal. I've tried that several times. It's fraught with controversy, but I think his ideas of reducing the income tax and eliminating the car tax and some other things, eliminating preferences in the sales tax, et cetera, uh, all that really makes economic sense. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wish him the best on, on, on that. But I, I thought I thought both both of the leaders set a good tone for the session. As someone who was in the room and with uh, obviously the Democrats in the majority in both chambers, how were his remarks received in your opinion? Well, depending on the issue, <laughs> you know, uh, unfortunately our, our, uh, our uh, political system, especially in Washington, but now, creeping into Virginia is so fraught with division uh, that, uh, you know, people don't want to 
find middle ground anymore. And, and so there were a number of things I thought were very easy for the Democratic leaders to applaud for on support for Israel, on support for police officers, on toughening penalties for drug dealers or violent crime. And, you know, the unfortunately, half the chamber sat on its hands and, and, and didn't acknowledge those uh, those, I thought, solid policy proposals. So that that was somewhat, uh, you know, disheartening. But uh, yet I think uh, it's day one. And ultimately, uh, as we get into the first couple of weeks and some of these major initiatives are considered uh, by the legislature, we'll see what the what the real temperature is for cooperation. Of course, with, you know, uh, Gary, <laughs> there's only one vote majority in both houses. So if there's a handful of uh, Democratic legislators that think that these policies that of, of the governors are best for their district, I think they're going to feel like they need to do their, what they think is right and vote for their constituents. You mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, it's so divisive and, uh, and, and, and finding middle ground is something that is increasingly difficult. When did compromise become a dirty word in politics? Well, that's a good question. I think it's been, um, I think it's been an increasing uh, problem over the last uh, couple of decades. I will say, when I left uh, in uh, 20, uh, 2014, uh, in fact, today is ten years exactly since I uh, left the office. <laughs> it, it it was not really that way. There were, first of all, I have to say, there were a, a number of moderate Democrats. Uh, or even some Southwest Virginia conservative Democrats that on issues, even on things, social issues uh, like the right to life, there was a, a number of uh, a number of Democrats that would uh, vote for policies along with the uh, Republicans. But I think you know you saw what happened last year that they've essentially purged the party party of moderate Democrats. They primaried with you know Soros and other big, big donor, national donor monies. They, they purged people in Northern Virginia like Chap Peterson and George Barker. They're gone. So I, I don't see a lot of moderation in the party. So some of these common sense things the governor's proposing are going to are going to be tough. And, and, and identity politics, unfortunately, is triumphed over the individual judgment of legislators, sometimes in both parties, for uh, for what they think is right for the constituents. They vote party over over policy. And, you know, uh, not to be too overly philosophical, but President George Washington warned us of this in his, in his farewell address uh, over 200 years ago about the spirit of party, party becoming the predominating motivator for policymakers over what might be good policies for the people. That's why you see more party-line uh, votes, I think, than you used to. I think it was helpful to note, though, yesterday, Don Scott, who, by the way, I thought was, you know, he's obviously a historic uh, figure, first African-American, the Speaker of uh, of the House. I thought uh, much of his tone was conciliatory. I thought it was fraught with emotion about his overcoming his own, you know, personal challenges. And I was glad to be there to see that. It's a great story of overcoming and giving second chances and hope and redemption for people. Um, but I, I do think that there's... Um, I do think there's some opportunity. The governor struck the tone of cautious optimism, and uh, I'm with him. Let's see how they do. Cautious optimism sounds like a good uh, 
a good way to, to approach all of this. Let's talk a little bit more about the governor's tax proposals He uh, that you obviously think are a great idea that probably won't get very far. But uh, just talk about the benefit of, of cutting those taxes and eliminating the car tax and how that can help Virginians and that the Commonwealth as a whole from a standpoint of being attractive to, to drawing businesses. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I actually, when I was uh, a legislator, put forth a, uh, a study for revising the tax code because it hadn't been done on a wholesale basis in a long time. It was really based on our agrarian system, uh, you know, largely agriculture. Uh, it was out, out, out today. Senator Hanger and I tried that, and it was as hard as could be because every, every tax preference, every tax credit's got a constituency, and it's the end of the world when you change it. But what the governor, the, the basic philosophy we had is similar to the governor, and that is if you reduce taxes on the means of production and wealth generation, like, like the income tax, if you reduce those, you incentivize people to do to create more. Uh, and you shift some of the burden to taxes on, on consumption as opposed to creation. And that's worked in other countries, uh, in Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, when they did things, their economy, you know, went north. And, and that's uh, the model I think the governor's uh, laid out, reducing income tax rates, increasing the broad-based sales tax. And keep in mind, you know who pays sales taxes? People from out of state, drug dealers, people in the underground economy. Everybody gets clipped with the consumption taxes. So that's another reason. And then if you eliminate the preferences, uh, that makes sense. You can flatten the rates and broaden the base. I think that makes really good economic sense. And, and he also wants to get rid of, finally, the rest of the car tax. Governor Gilmore, of course, did uh, the first trust of that over 15, uh, almost over 20, 20 years ago. And, and, and so it's still the hated, crummy tax that people would like to get rid of. So I think those policies make sense. Uh, there's going to be uh, obviously a battle on who gets impacted by these taxes and who benefits. Is it the middle class? Is it the wealthy? You know, all those things will be borne out by rigid fiscal analysis. But I think it's a it's certainly time for a robust debate on this. Uh, and the governor pointed out to your question, Gary, is that you know even blue states like Maryland and uh, and and uh, North Carolina in some of these areas they have more favorable preferences and policies on some of these taxes uh and, and so uh you know it allows them to attract more people to the state governor pointed out we still are doing better but we have a, still have some small net migration of people out of the state uh, he wants to bring in more business keep more people here of talent for uh, for the industry and i think that makes sense you mentioned <clears throat> The fact that, uh, you know, things are, are not likely to go anywhere in a lot of different categories. In your perspective, what are a couple of areas where we might see some bipartisan co uh, co cooperation? Well, I hope there'll be one in uh, education. I know he's got a robust uh, agenda there. He actually called for, a, you know, a, a revision in the standards of uh, of quality and, and you know some of those funding that's one of those other holy grails <laughs> you know gary along with the tax code that uh, i give the credit as the governor credit for big and bold ideas on updating provisions of the virginia uh virginia statutory regime that, that may need re re revision but i think there's some things that that are innovative on uh, on uh, open enrollment and charter schools 
and increasing um, increasing funding for targeted areas, especially in the STEM area, to be able to you know, generate uh, people for the talent pipeline that Virginia needs to keep them in the state. I mean, I think all those things, there should be some area for common ground. And I really hope on some of the law enforcement front, especially keeping fentanyl out of the state, those things. I think in the veterans area, continuing some of the increased benefits and phase out of tax taxes for veterans, I think there seem to be some common ground uh, on that. So there are going to be uh, there are going to be those areas. Uh, in fact, Don Scott did point out, and I remember this to be relatively true when I was there, is you know about seventy five percent plus of the of the bills that pass actually pass on the uncontested calendar, which means they're either good ideas that everybody agrees with, or they're not. Uh, they're not uh, so they don't rock the boat so much that they're uh, they, they they hurt some people and help uh, others uh, and where the problems get worked out in committee, Gary, which is exactly what Mr. Jefferson intended, so that uh, the remaining bill is good for for all constituencies. So that that gives me still hope. But but these big ideas are always fraught with you know robust debate, and uh, I'm hopeful like uh, some of the things that previous governors have gotten done, the big ideas will survive and, uh, and, and change the landscape for the good for everybody. Well, Governor, we really appreciate the insight this morning. Great stuff. Uh, Happy New Year. Thanks for your time today. Be well. Appreciate it. All right, Gary. I hope, to, hope we can find some peacemakers on the General Assembly that think compromise is actually good if it helps a lot of people. Yep, 100% agree. That is the former governor of Virginia, Bob McDonald. And we'll be back in a moment. News Radio WRVA. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.